Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Pat Cummins. I'm Josh Hazelwood. I'm Elizabeth Kowaja. I'm Mitch Marsh. I'm Mitch Stark, and you're listening to The Unplayable Podcast. In case you played and missed it, this is The Unplayable Podcast, a special episode. This one's all about Steve Smith, who spoke to the media on Friday at the SCG, breaking his silence on Australian soil here to go over... His 10-minute press conference is the one and only Callum Kanonjik. Uh, Callum, the last time we spoke to you was in South Africa, which is pretty much why Smith spoke today. What a wild time that was, and hasn't a lot changed since then. Or has it? Um, I guess that's what we're here to discuss. And it's good to see Steve Smith uh, back in the spotlight a little bit. Um, you know, he's sort of been doing his own thing here and there, but he's kind of, I guess, slowly getting himself back into the groove of things and um, I guess that's what part of today formed. That's right, there was a throng of media here at the Sydney Cricket Ground, Callum, uh, lots of cameras, lots of reporters, Smith rocked up uh, wearing a white tee, he was wearing some black shorts, no baseball cap uh, and he was in good spirits, I mean he spoke about the dark days that he's endured since the events at Cape Town, said some days he didn't want to get out of bed, um, but overall he seemed to be in, in a good demeanour and you can just tell he still loves cricket and just wants to get back playing for Australia. I mean, he's been playing for Sutherland and he's been playing various T20 competitions around the world, but you can just tell he's desperate to get back playing cricket for Australia. That's right. He was smiling. He was laughing a little bit. Um, very good fashion analysis from you two there. Thank you. Um, so describe what you're wearing. It's very similar. So you've gone the um, very drab, I don't know, it's like a greyer than grey shirt you've got on now, but they've got the black shorts on and... Thank you for that, Sam. But, like Aztec um, shoes. You're right. He was in good spirits. And I think the the key thing you see here is that uh, he's currently training yeah, with the Sydney Sixers. The six. <laughs> he's, he's, he's actually talking it up about coming back as an all-rounder. But after that delivery, maybe he could stick to the batting. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but he, um, he just looks a lot more at home when he's around this cricket team. Um, obviously, they're very yep. accepting and very understanding. And he, of course, has played with them before. So it's not unfamiliar territory that he's in right now but um, yeah you know he's having a laugh with the players he's having a bowl some absolute rank half trackers but the occasional <laughs> decent ball and you know it's just he's just playing cricket that's kind of the thing I think he wants to get back to and um, it's you know all part of a process we've still got a few months to go until he's eligible to play yep. uh, for Australia or you know in Australian competitions once again so it's just all part of the process. Part of the process. Trust the process, Callum. He also spoke about, um, I guess, his pathway back to the Australian team. 
and that will be through tournaments in uh, the Pakistan Super League. It's going to be the Bangladesh Super League, but he's been blocked from that tournament. Um, well, so we hear. He's not even so sure. Well, he's not sure either, but for more reports, he's going to be blocked from that one. Uh, he's going to play in the Indian Premier League as well. I reckon that's going to be adequate preparation. One thing that was pretty clear, though, he he is not expecting to walk straight back into these teams. He knows that he has to earn his way back into these teams. He's not an automatic World Cup selection. He's not an automatic Ashes selection. And you would think that I think he's the third highest ranked batter in the world, test batter in the world still, even though he hasn't played a, uh, a test match since March. Um, you'd think he'd get in there, but he knows that he's got to win over the selectors, his Australian teammates and the fans and the public still. And he's not just some automatic walk-up start. Well, I guess the the factors at play here are um, Australia's record in ODI cricket this year hasn't been, um, how we say, good. It's been terrible in the past 18 months. Basically, since the last World Cup, it's been very ordinary. Yes. So, um, I mean, there's certainly no shortage of openings there in that batting order. Number six off Smith. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot of work to do with his bowling if he wants to come back (laughs) as an all-rounder. But the other thing, of course, is too that that World Cup and the Ashes, both on English soil, and we know what their fans are like at the best of times. Yep. It's certainly He's, not going to be an easy welcome I back think to international cricket. he described it as a, a hostile reception. Yes. Yeah. I think one reporter asked what he's going to think of the booing. I think the booing is the least of his worries when he heads over there. He'd take booing. I think booing would be lo- he'd like booing. <laughs> That's right, yeah. He'd welcome <laughs> booing. Booing would be welcomed. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of factors. I mean, we all know how good he is at batting, but uh, that's only, only a small part of it. You also spoke about... Um, a recent ad he's done for a telecommunications company, which we won't mention due to uh, sponsor conflict. Unless they're coming with money to the podcast. Unless they, unless they bump this up. We will sell out for anything. Let that be a note to all sponsors and advertisers out there. We will sell out. But Steve Smith hasn't. And uh, he was talking about the, the timing of their campaign. It was actually supposed to go out after he spoke to the media, but the campaign is so strong. And really it's all about raising awareness for mental health. Uh, Smith has gone through a lot. Uh, in these past nine months, um, up and down, he was talking ups and downs as, as he was talking about, and this is his work for the Gotcha for Life stuff with Gus Wallen. He's out there trying to promote and raise um, mental health. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, suicides in Australia, too many in Smith's eyes. So he, that's that's kind of the genesis of where that advert came from. Uh, there's been a bit of negative um, uh, feedback, I guess, about that on social media. But Smith is coming from a really genuine place where he wants to help people. Yeah, I think um, yeah the, the timing of it all was quite interesting. Um, but I, as you say, I certainly think the motives behind it are quite sincere, and you know it's easy to be easy to be cynical in cricket and everything that we're involved in. But you know, I think it's it's certainly a sincere uh, message from Steve. He's definitely passionate about this whole work he's been doing throughout the year, going around the schools and and whatnot. And um, you know, I think he spoke today about the dark days he's been through and. Yep. Uh, you can imagine, of course, the many people around Australia who are going through similar, if not a lot worse. And I think, yeah, you know, the, the, puts the, it in perspective, doesn't it? It certainly puts it in perspective. But you know, I think the work he's doing with kids in schools around Australia um, is certainly commendable. And you would hope that this is certainly just just the start of it. And once he's back playing cricket, he can kind of almost take that to a, a broader audience once again. And finally, Callum, he spoke a little bit about the Australian team, how he's really proud of the efforts of the Aussies to win that second domain test match over there in Perth against India. Uh, he's he, you know, sung the praises of Tim Payne, his, his exceptional leadership since he's come in and taken over from Smith as test captain and Aaron Finch in the limited over side. Uh, 
he just wants to get back. They asked him about his um, his captaincy ambitions, but he just wants to get back and he will help out anybody, Tim, Aaron, whoever he can once he gets back in that side. Uh, he can't be a captain or he can't hold a leadership position until two months after that ban. So that would be March 2020, I think. Um, but it's not on the radar now. It's just getting back in that team. Well, I think one thing we've learned from this whole drama is that things in cricket can change very, very quickly. So the idea of looking forward to 2020 and you know any leadership positions that may come about is um, certainly far too soon. The other interesting thing, I think, and he touched on a little bit in terms of, you know, finding it tough to watch the team at times, but he spoke about how it's been tough when they're not doing so well. Yeah. Um, and, he, of course, he can't go in and help. But I think probably the one that we didn't dig too deep into is kind of how he goes about watching them when they do do well. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, the win in Perth was, uh, you know, widely praised, not only for their performance on the field, but how they went about it, um, their demeanour, yeah. you know, sort of less of that. they conducted themselves. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So be interesting to find out how he kind of finds that and a lot of talk around how... This is now an Australian team or an Australian men's team that people can actually get behind. But mm. you know, I'm not too sure how Steve goes watching something like that. So that's sort of an interesting one to play out as well when he does eventually come back. Yes. Well, he did speak a little bit about uh, the Australian way, playing the Australian way. He also touched on very briefly uh, what went down in the change rooms uh, in Cape Town, uh, but only very briefly and pretty much stuff that he hasn't said already said before. So... Um, I think we've, we've spoken enough, Callum. Uh, here is all of Steve Smith's extended uh, press conference, a full 10 or so minutes. Moses Enriquez, for all you want to know, is the one who was bombing sixes off Smith's bowling. He's about to come He's, in the bowl now. Let's commentate this. Callum, over to you. Steve Smith coming, and he sends one down. Oh, it's down the leg side, and that's a wide. I think We're going to play a, that a wide. I think that was a slider, but um, is he upset with that? He's always oh, a bit of a glare there. And Moses is walking. He's leaving the net. All right, come on, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And to you. And uh, here is Steve Smith. Steve, how have you been and how are you going now? Uh, yeah, I'm going okay now. Um, initially, after South Africa, I was going through a bit. Um, I was in a pretty dark space and, um, yeah, had some, some tough days. But um, they're sort of few and far between now. Um, I still have moments and have my ups and downs. Um, but, yeah, I'm going okay and um, heading in the right direction. Steve, what was your reaction to reading the Longstaff review and the fact that that attributed a portion of the blame to the events in South Africa to the Australian, to Cricket Australia? I think it's um, great that the organisation had an independent review. I think any, any good business um, around the world does a, an independent review and um, it was nice that they were able to do that and we've seen some changes already and I'm sure there's going to be more changes and it gives the, op- the organisation an opportunity to move forward and get better. Steve, it's obviously the first time in a long time that you haven't been playing test cricket at this time of the year. How have you found it watching the Aussies go about it without you there? Um... Yeah, if I'm honest, it's been tough at times, um, particularly when the boys haven't played their best in a couple of games. It's been hard watching and not knowing that I can't go out and help them. Um, but I was really proud of the way the boys played last week in Perth. I thought they were magnificent. I thought the um, I thought Tim Payne's leadership has been exceptional uh, since taking over as captain. He's uh, obviously faced with difficult circumstances to begin with and He's done a terrific job and it was great to see a nice fast and bouncy track in Perth last week. It looked almost like the Wacker of old and um, yeah, it was an amazing test match and the, I'm sure the boys will take a lot of confidence out of the way they played last week. Are you a little nervous about how the world will greet you or accept you when you come back from this band? 
Um, yeah, I haven't thought too much about that, to be honest. Um, I'm just moving forward day to day and um, doing what I need to do to prepare to hopefully get another opportunity to play for Australia. And if that's World Cup and Ashes, so be it. And no doubt the English crowd will be incredibly hostile. I'm, I'm ready for that if, if that happens. But, um, you know, nothing's for certain. I'll uh, keep working hard. And if I get that opportunity again, then that'll be great. When you bump into people, you're in the shops. Today, are they positive or negative? What's the feedback you get from these people? Oh, the majority have been really positive. Um, yeah, the, the Australian public's been really kind and, um, yeah, I guess slightly forgiving. And but I've I've still got a lot of work to do to earn back the trust and respect of the Australian public, and um, I'll continue to do that. Steve, just going back to the afternoon when the incident did happen, can you just speak about what actually did happen in those rooms? Like we haven't got you on the record speaking about. You know, what happened in the change rooms, what was said, sort of the plan as to how it transpired. Can you just talk us through exactly what happened that afternoon? Yeah, I think it's been documented pretty heavily, sort of what went on. And um, for me in the room, you know, I, I walked past something and had the opportunity to stop it and um, I didn't do it. And that was my leadership failure, you know. It was a, the potential for something to happen and it went on and happened out in the field and I had the opportunity to stop it at that point um, rather than say I don't want to know anything about it and that was my failure of leadership and you know I've taken responsibility for that. And what about suggestions that it's you know ball tampering has been going on for donkey's years and it's not the first time um, in Australian cricket that that has happened what do you have to say about that? Uh, as far as I'm concerned and, and aware of that was the first time that it happened um, I can't really judge what other teams around the world do. Um, I know that in any game that you play, you want the ball to try and move at, at some point in the game, but obviously you want to do it in a, a legal way and um, allow it to, to, to play its course that way, I guess. When you say you had the opportunity to stop it, what did you actually say at that point? I don't want to know about it and, and walked away. So that was my, um, my chance where I, I could have stopped something from happening. And, you know, that's something I've learned over the last nine months that, um, you know, every decision you make can have a, a negative outlook. If, if things go pear-shaped, what's it going to look like? If, if things go well, how does that look? And now it's about learning and, and almost slowing your thinking down and, and ensuring that, um, you know, you, you make the right decisions more often than not. So is that one time in the change room the one and only time that you know that it was being discussed? That's correct, yes. Steve, you've reflected on the... Say that again, sorry. Have you forgiven yourself for everything? Have you, are you at peace with where you're at now? Um, I'm going okay. Um, I've, I've had tough days, as I said. I've, I've had my ups and downs, but, you know, I've been really fortunate to have a, a close group of people around me that have helped me get through those difficult um, times. Um, there, there has been some dark days where, you know, I haven't wanted to get out of bed and, and things like that, but, you know, I've had um, a close group of people around me that, that have helped me know that it's okay you know like I've, I've made a mistake and it's, it was a big mistake and from now I'm, I'm trying to move on from that and improve as a person and um, yeah just really grateful that I've had a close group of people around me that have helped me get through it. Is there speculation that, that you and David have fallen out over it is that correct or? No no David and I are fine. Yeah so yeah. Steve, you reflected on the last nine months in a Vodafone commercial. Are you trying to send a genuine message with that? Is that why you said yes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the the work that uh, Gus and I have been doing with Gotcha for Life, we're trying to create that um, mental health awareness around the country. Um, I think the, the number of suicides in Australia is far too high. Six men and, and two women a day are for 25 million people or thereabouts, it's, I think it's unacceptable and um, I'm trying to do what I can to create that awareness around it and 
that's what the um, the campaign's about. So the people on Twitter who are saying you're cashing in on it, that's not true, is it? Because it's, it's going to charity, right? Well, it, I'm getting paid, but I'm also putting forward funds towards the Gotcha for Life um, sessions that uh, Gus and I haven't sat down and exactly figured out where, where it's all going. But um, in the new year, we'll, we'll do that and, and figure out where I can put funds towards this organisation to help create that awareness around mental health. Steve, would you, would you like to captain Australia again? Look, at the moment, I'm, I'm pretty content sort of where I'm at. And the next three months, it's about just preparing as well as I can to to hopefully be a part of the, the World Cup and the Ashes and you know as I said before I think Tim Payne's done an exceptional job and Aaron Finch taking over the one day side he's, he's had a tough start to that um, with the performances of the team I guess but um, you know if I, if I get back and play under them I'll do everything I can to, to help them out and, and help Australia have success. That's still you know, obviously more than a year away where you'd even be available is it something that you would aspire to again or, or you know you'd be quite happy to not have that responsibility and spotlight? Um, I guess it's too early to say, to be perfectly honest. I, I just want to get back playing and um, try and contribute to, to the team as much as I can and, and, and just help out anyone that's around, Tim and, um, and Finchie as well. So we'll see what the future holds, but at the moment I'm, I'm just preparing to play and I'm excited by that prospect. Steve, do you think you'll get enough top-level cricket between now and when the World Cup starts to be ready for the World Cup? Yeah, I was, so I was playing in the Bangladesh League. I think you guys probably know more about that than me at the moment. I, I don't know what's happening there. Um, but then I've got Pakistan League and the uh, IPL, which I think is adequate preparation for the World Cup um, if I'm selected. I think now the way the, the one-day game's played, it's almost an extended T20 in a way. So I think T20 cricket is, is a good way to prepare and the IPL is one of the best tournaments around the world. And from what I've heard about the Pakistan League, it's of high quality and... Um, yeah, so I think that'll that'll be adequate preparation and for sure. And why didn't you appeal the length of your sanction? Oh, because I just wanted to accept it and, and own it and take responsibility for it. Um, I didn't think about um, reviewing it at all or, or um, appealing it as such. Um, it was just about accepting it and knowing that I'd made a mistake and accepting it and moving on from it. Is this with the app? With all the training you're doing and, and the resilience that you've needed to get through where you've got, do you think you could come back? hopefully come back as a better player than you were when you left the game? Well, that's the plan. Um, I don't want to get worse. I want to always try and get better. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been working hard at my game. I'm, I'm concentrating on a few weaknesses and things that I won't share with you. I don't want people to know them. But, um, but yeah, I want to come back better. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's a, a great... Um, I, get, I guess this nine months has been a, a big learning curve for me and... Um, you know, having a year out of the game to sort of mentally refresh and get myself in a, a good headspace to go again. Um, hopefully, I can can play at a better standard than I was when I when I got banned. What are your reflections on the debate around the way the Australian cricket team plays its game and and the talk about playing hard but fair and, and some of the changes that have been made and talked about? I think that's the way Australian cricket's always played its best when they're they're playing hard, but but playing within the parameters of the game. Um, obviously what happened in South Africa was outside of the parameters of the game and, and shouldn't be happening. But since then, I think, um, and even before then, the, the players have played some, some good hard cricket and, and you're going to have times where guys will overstep the mark and, um, and pay consequences for that. But we try and play in a hard and, and fair manner and um, I think that's what the Australian public wants to see and I think that's what gets the best out of the team as well. Just, just doing the ad, the ad this week and speaking today, 
why, what, what, talk us through the timing of you know why you felt now was the right time you know because you've been playing grade games and things like that and we, you know we haven't heard from you for, for a few months. Well, the ad wasn't supposed to have gone out until after I spoke to you here today. Actually, um, they uh, they liked it so much that they wanted to launch the campaign with it. Um, but yeah, look, I, I've I've been working hard recently. We've um, I've enjoyed playing grade cricket. Um, we've had some success out here in a T20 comp this year, um, winning the competition for Sutherland, which the club got a great thrill out of, and I got a great thrill out of being involved at the club. They're they're a great bunch of people, and um, and they've they've, they've I guess really embraced me being around and playing with them and um, yeah I've really enjoyed it. Obviously English crowds there's a lot of World Cup and obviously the Ashes how do you prepare for that because obviously they're going to be you know quite you know booing a lot how do you prepare for it? I guess one thing that I've always done pretty well when I'm playing is just blocking out exterior noise and and getting on with the the job at hand and no doubt that the Barmy Army are a bit, well, they're loud and um, you, you can't sort of block it out as such, but it's, it's just about um, staying in your own mind and not letting those external distractions take you over and staying in the moment and just getting the job done. And I think that's one thing I've done pretty well throughout my career and hopefully I can do the same when I'm back. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.